It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us for season eleven. Holy cow! I believe. Um, yeah. Let's just uh, listen. It's uh, a lot of people listen to this, um, probably more so than people who watch it. But Maddie got to compliment the new intro. That's delicious. Um, <laughs> I. Please check us out on YouTube. There's a bunch of images of uh, <laughs> the Kawhi shot, uh, actual pager. Yeah, <laughs> glad you saw uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Adam, <laughs> Adam Silver's face open, his mouth open wide. Um, Terrence Ross, Kenneth Fareed dunk. Oh, nice. I'm gonna have to, Good like, eye. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there's some Easter eggs in there too. <laughs> and, yeah, the, and and you've written out some of what you say, which is probably helpful for people. Um, Maddie, you're the greatest. That was wonderful. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I just came from AI Media Day. It was fantastic. I couldn't get into the real one. But let me tell you something. I got to meet Mass Eye. I got to meet Adam Silverb. And, and uh, you know, even Weird Al stopped by. It got a bit weird. You know, he's pissed because I said cool. we weren't doing his stings anymore. But he might show up. But honestly, uh, Mass Eye had really lovely things to say about you, Fred. Uh, I didn't realize wow. that the AI version was such a fan. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. Um, <laughs> let me just say, it only took me about like like half of that sentence you just said for me to realize it was a bit. <laughs> I hundred percent thought you went to an AI media day. Uh, I think that's sort of believable in the time we're living in. Um, I don't know if you're just dropping more Easter eggs. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to prepare trend. people for the <laughs> yeah, new totally. stings because okay. I'm somewhere in the middle of does this you're you're used to the weird L sting sounding really weird and I'm worried that this sounds too real so I really need to uh, you know have a precursor that this is comedy uh, that we insert into it and we're not actually right. manipulating we're, we're not just weirdos <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, listen, if it's your first time <laughs> listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. Uh, we are a Raptors slash NBA podcast. Um, things get extremely weird here. Yeah. Uh, our intros are uh, preposterously long. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we're having a good time. Uh, I think we should probably bring on the guests. Fine. Um, fine. Oh, my God. Wait, were you going to bust out the stings just there? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Okay, I don't know. I, so no. I, I, got, I feel like at some point I'm going to be looking at the camera and Matt's going to come behind me. I'm like kind of rattled. Right 
Like, like, honestly, I'd be like, I'm a bit scared. This is cool. Um, okay, let's bring on let's bring on guest number one. Uh, he's done the podcast a bunch. Uh, he's a writer and podcaster uh, with Raptors Republic. I'm pretty sure he's out west. Um, I might be wrong. Yeah, Victoria, uh, I believe. Yeah, Victoria. Okay, well, he'll correct us if we're wrong. Uh, he's awesome. I think we we're both just wolfing down food before this started. Make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Aiden Moss. What's up? How are you? No, that hit home every time. Just gets me. Also, props, Matt, for the new intro. I got goosebumps watching that little montage. Oh, thanks, man. It was cool, right? Um, And the faded image, you know? Um, Okay, let's bring on guest number two here. Uh, He's been doing this podcast forever. Um, uh, One of my favorite guests. Uh, He's an incredible improviser. Uh, He's a... uh, yeah, basketball Raptors fanatic. He's probably the biggest lover of the 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 ball basketball family. Um, besides, I guess whoever owns or the people who work for Big Baller Brand, or maybe they don't like working there. Anyways, <clears throat> this is meandering. He's an amazing improviser. Make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Anthony Hall. Oh, whoa, whoa, that's mine, man. Okay, that was cool. <laughs> A classic groovy intro to bring in uh, the fourth Ball Brother, Anthony Ball Hall, uh, here to kick off another season of Confederacy of Doug's Pod. Thank you for having me. It is uh, very exciting to be back. And of course, this upcoming NBA season will only feature one Ball Brother. So, uh, you know, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. Yeah, sometimes you win, sometimes you ball. Um, I thought Lonzo was coming back, is he not? No. I think he is uh, out again. And For the entire year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's that's awful. Poor guy. Um, wow. Okay, well, uh, let's let's start talking some Raptors ball. Um, Maddie, I have no idea what's coming, <laughs> but give me give me your your weirdest new AI convention Raptors sting. Um, thanks, Freddie. Um, by the way, I love Frenzy. And so shout out to Miguel, Marco, Kevin, Steve, uh, and of course, Freddie. And really edgy stuff. Miss it almost as much as I miss the Larry O'Brien. <laughs> wow. Oh, 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 my God. I found a new website, and it's scary. Um, <laughs> it's not just me, right? Like, that's really close. That's, um, that was amazing. That's, like, borderline, like, incriminating. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, Frenzy is my old sketch group <laughs> when I was 21 years old. Um, so if Masai were to were to have seen Frenzy, he probably would have been in his like late 20s. <laughs> I'm assuming a scout for uh, the magic. Um, so Masai, thanks for checking it out. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared. Wow. No, uh, no better suited name than Mas. I, AI. Like, yes, yeah, good. mass AI. Yeah, gonna say AI any better. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I see. You know, I had like, like a, I had like sort of a instinct to be a bit frightened today, and I think it's right. Um, that's nuts. Also, Matt, cheers. Um, go to hell, Chat GPT, because yeah. there's something else. Um, uh, okay. Uh, I sound so old. Um, I'm not young. Thirty-seven. <laughs> uh, Aiden, let's start with you. Uh, yep. 
it's been uh, there's two Raptors preseason games. When people are listening to this, there will be there will have been a third game against the Bulls. Um, you know, sort of. Let's just throw out the the preseason caveat. We all understand it's the preseason. We still want to have some fun. What is your hottest uh, Raptors take? Well, looking forward, my hottest take. And I think a lot of fans are going to disagree heavily because they've probably sold all of their stock. But I'm feeling a Malachi Flynn season coming on, baby. I he's he's got the fourth year. Is this fourth year now? I think, and he's due. I think that the talent's there, the skills there. He's had little. Um, demonstrations in the past, a couple of games here and there where he's played well. And I think in this new system, I think with a new relationship, a new coach, he's pr- a contract year for him. I mean, this is really kind of, if he doesn't pull this off, he could find himself out out of the league potentially. Um, and so I think this is the year for Flynn. And I think a good comparator might be like Peyton Pritchard. You know, like mm-hmm. undersized, talented guard who's just kind of he needs more time in the NBA to be accustomed to the lack of athleticism and size and strength that he that he has um, against opposing guards. So I'm looking for Malachi this year. This is spicy. I love it. Um, I mean, if it's anything close to Peyton Pritchard, dear God, that would be the yes, best. True. Uh, and I uh, it's funny, my my partner. Uh, she's, she's not like that much of a hot take person, but for whatever reason, she's always been pretty low on Malachi. And when we were watching the preseason game, she was like, this guy's still around. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I, I don't know. And I, I was sort of like, yeah, we're, we're playing this, this team, the, the Titans. And I feel like some people, you know, Gary or OG or Pascal are playing for a contract. I think he's playing for like his sort of NBA life. Yeah. Like he he's he needs to be good enough to sort of not go through the journey that many players do, which is you know playing overseas and trying to make their way back, right? Like totally. and you see a guy like Alfred Payton on that team, and it's kind of like, man, you you know, there's there's people who had a bigger profile than you, Malachi, that are exactly just gutting it out. Um yeah, and and there's no there's no one else to really battle with him from the bench, right? Like Delano Banton's gone. Um, obviously Freddie's gone. I, unless I'm not thinking about somebody, I don't think there's a backup point guard that, that, that would, that he can't like claim for himself. Yeah. I think if Doughton makes the team potentially, yeah, yeah, you know, but that's who knows what's going on there. Um, and you know, I, I, the reason I brought up this question is because I, 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 one of the things I was most wrong about the thing I was the most wrong about last year um, and sort of like the, like philosophically, I mean, I was like way too high on the Raptors, but a big part of it was I thought they were going to play a big rotation. And I don't know why I did. I thought nurse would do that, but I, I thought that there would be a platoon energy. And I feel like someone like Malachi is someone who could really, really benefit potentially and others uh, from having a consistent eight, 10 minutes a game where it's sort yeah. of like this, you don't get to play 20 minutes a game, but you do get to play eight minutes a game, every game. And only after a, a week or two or three, 
am I going to say you're sorry, you're benched. Yeah. And, um, and hopefully in a system more conducive for him, like I think I'm not sure that this, this new offense will give Malachi the freedom to operate, but we do know that whatever nurse was trying to cook up Flynn didn't fit in it. Right. Like, and so maybe he will get a little bit more opportunity with a deeper rotation um, to kind of strut his stuff. I'm not sure. And man, oh man, if you can hit some shots, I think you're, yeah. you know, like the the battle for long rangy defender is a lot more intense than it is for a guy who can hit three point shots um, on this team. Uh, I love it. Uh, Anthony, what's your, what's your hot take? Oh, let's see. I guess my hottest take <laughs> has to do with a player that I believed in and was very excited that we got uh post draft and I must bid a fond farewell to Marquise Noel. He has been terrible in the preseason. He's playing true to his size at 5'8". He's firing these bullet passes like he's prime white chocolate. And he's turning it over too much. He's a defensive liability. And I honestly, it really pains me to say, but I just don't think he has any place uh, on the Raptors or in the G League. And I think he might have to take the European route. He'll light it up over there. But I think it's time for Raptors Nation to bid Marquise Noel a fond farewell. Wow. Um, I, I, yeah, first of all, as someone that's, I was at summer league this year, which was amazing. He was so electric. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to friends that like, this guy is sort of built for this and built for the G league. And I, I, I don't believe he's built for the NBA, that just the speed and the length. And, you know, I, he'd have to be able to, I, I feel like hit a, uh, 30 foot threes on, on a fairly regular basis. Um, which who knows, maybe he gets to, and he is a fighter. Um, he had a nice strip the other game. But I, uh, Anthony, I'm going to go ahead and say, <clears throat> I don't feel like this is that hot of a take. <laughs> like, it's a lukewarm take, but yeah, for me, well, it's I, a hot take because I really believe in him. You know, sure. Watching that March Madness run with Kansas State, his like, no-look pass to, to fire it into the paint for that game-winning basket was like crazy to me. I was like, man, this guy's going to be something. He's the next Fred Van Vliet for the Raptors because he's, an, uh, he's another bet-on-yourself guy. But it just, unfortunately, the, the magic has run out. You know, the, the, the pumpkin turns back into the carriage or the carriage turns back into the pumpkin, whatever. And... You know, he is who everybody thought he was. He was just the undersized guard who is 23 years old and probably is not going to make it to the show. Well, hey, you know, Fred took a couple of years. He did his G League time. So we'll we'll see where, you know, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, w- I'm definitely with you as far as like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'm all the way out on him uh, as a player, but, uh, you know, this is hot take territory. So you're saying you're all, you're all the way out. Yeah, I think I think I'm all the way out. I have a slightly hotter take, but it's it's not okay. anything that's not too. Yeah, it's just like it's like a little bit hotter. It's like if if that was like uh, a low simmer on my stove, this one is like a, okay. sure. a mid mid heat. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Hit uh, me. I don't think Grady Dick can keep up with uh, the other players at his position in the NBA. I I think he's too slow. Like he doesn't have the athleticism to. Um, be a good matchup. He's going to get cooked every night. It, I just think he doesn't look so good. Fair. I, I mean, I, 
great like my, my kind of Grady take is like I'm, I'm honestly not that different than you I think he's going to take some time to come along I think you know sort of opposite to Marquise his size really does matter and being 6'8 <clears throat> pardon me will will help him get off shots I liked how aggressive he has been from you know as far as like taking his shot shooting um, and I think that potentially this team's good enough might be good enough on defense to hide some of his issues but I, yeah, if anyone's expecting he's the type of guy who will sort of burst onto the scene, I think they might be, you know, might be rushing that a little bit. He'll, he'll take some time too. He'll take mm-hmm. some bulking up. Um, okay. Here's my, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say with Grady, like we can take solace in the fact that he's 19. So there's a lot of time to develop some athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like I would say probably his floor is, Doug McDermott, who came into the league, kind of a final product. So, yeah, he's never going to be great one-on-one defensively, but he could be solid team defensively. Like, clearly his IQ is quite high. Um, So, for anybody who's, like, down on Grady, I'd say you can remain optimistic that there's there's room to grow and that I think he'll he'll find a way to stay on the floor, at the very least. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he hasn't shot well yet, but I think that's his ticket, right? Like, I know, you know, this always happens with players where it's like you you draft a guy um, and then it's like, they're really good at this. And then every interview, they're like, well, everyone thinks I'm just a shooter, but I can do. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to make shots to be a shooter. Right. But uh, yeah, I I, I agree. Like He's he's got a like uh, this is a deep cut, but I'm old enough to remember Malcolm Miller. Uh, as a Raptor <laughs> who was someone who was like money in the G league. Also, you can tell the form, everything's fine. Like he can shoot the three, but uh, you know, I thought you were going to say Jason Capono. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jason, he did though. He, <laughs> Jason Capono was like, I did hit the shots. I got paid. Then I came to the Raptors and I was done. But um, yeah, I know if, if, uh, if Grady wants to stick around, he's, he's going to have to, you know, study Wies camp footage. And, you know, make sure he's ready for his opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've clearly I mean, been playing Immaculate uh, Basketball Grid because I'm like busting out the Wies camps and the Malcolm Millers. But uh, here's my hot take. I think that um, it took a lot of people by surprise when Darko said it. But there's a reason why he said he's going to run the offense through Yakup. And... My first thought when I heard that was sort of like, what? Like, you know, this, like, we, we know who Yakup is. Like, he can defend, he can, you know, do the pick and roll. Like, he has, you know, he's sort of like a, yeah, like he's, he's become an awesome NBA player. But, you know, I don't, you know, you don't see him developing other things. However, I do think that in the proper system with more touches, with bigger expectations, he's the type of guy who, can make the right reads. Like I don't see him ever making Jokic style or like Scotty style, like kind of like eyes on the back of my head passes. But if it's a tight system, I could really see him getting more comfortable with the ball and diming it out a little bit. Um, You know, and and again, not necessarily like getting big assist numbers, but I, I think he could do a lot of Gretzky passing. And I think that yak up as a, sort of like initiating hub uh, is going to work and it's going to surprise people. And it's going to remind people that even if you're 28, 
in, in the league that it's how you're used and how you're kind of, you know, how, like, like when people have confidence in you, you're, you're going to be able to achieve things that no one, no one expected. So that my take is that, you know, the purdle, the passer is real and we're going to see it. So is that a hot take question? You know, oh, I, I hope it's not because if, if everyone is like purdle is a great passer, he's going to be awesome in this situation. Then I guess it's like a medium cold take, but I, I'll actually, I'm happy if that's the case. Um, but like Anthony, I can bust out. Oh wait, you know, first, first you tell me why you think well, it's not a hot, cause that, that makes me feel good. I, I guess it's not a hot take because an NBA coach has decided it. So, you know, like that's going to be their plan right. of action. He, in San Antonio, he showed a little bit of that. And I think you're right. He's, he is a good, he is a good passer. I find that good team defenders kind of lend themselves to be good passers naturally. Um, my concern, however, was that I thought Scotty was going to be that hub. Like I really wanted to see him mm-hmm. in the high post. So I am kind of interested to see how those two kind of work off of each other. Um, but yeah, I, I have no problem with it. And I think it, it will, it's one way to open up the floor too, right? Like if we're going to play, uh, if our starting five doesn't really have a knockdown shooter other than OG, you kind of have to find alternative ways to open up lanes. And one of those is to, to pull your big lumbering center out of the key and have him, um, hit cutters or hit open shooters. So I, I think you're right. I think it's going to work. I, to what volume? I'm not sure, but it's going to be an interesting formation. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, I I, I think so, and I hope so. You, watching the um, some of the preseason stuff, seeing that that like kind of line they put behind the three point line that's that's built in the practice facility mm. to kind of like this is where this is where a lot of the action is going to get initiated. I feel like is very creative and um, yeah, is a way, you know, basically echoing your point. I think it is a way to get people going downhill. Um, But, uh, but I think this is actually a perfect transition because shooters in the starting lineup, Gary was interviewed uh, yesterday, maybe the day before and was pretty candid. Uh, You know, he wants to be a starter uh, he said the, like, you know, he kind of had the, like, I'll show up and do my job uh, mentality um, and said that he, you know, the, the writing's on the wall and he's with the practice uh, or the, 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 the second unit in practices he's with uh, you know, he's, he's coming off the bench. Like that's what, that's what he expects. And I feel like this is very interesting because about two weeks ago he had that, that also that candid quote about how Darko is the coach he's talked to the most uh, in of all his head coaches that he's had in the league. And then to, to sort of go from saying like, I, I you know, I, I'm talking with this guy all the time to then say, I don't know. I'm a bit in the dark. I guess I'm, I guess I'm on the bench. I don't want to read too much into sort of like strategies, but I feel like if you're Gary's camp, you're sort of saying you're in a contract year, you're in potentially extension talks. If you're viewed as a bench player, if you're, if you brought off the bench from this team, that's, that's going to affect your money big time. So maybe you should sort of advocate for yourself. 
yeah. So my question is um, a bit meandering here, but I'm going to go to you first, Anthony. Uh, yeah. Basically, should we be starting Gary? And um, yeah. Like, do you think that that is, that is important? You know, did, or, you know, does it matter Gary from the bench, Gary starting? Like, where are you at with that? I think that we probably have to start him. I don't know that we really have a choice if we want to keep him happy. And also just the way that the depth chart is right now, um, like Aiden was saying, there's like not really anybody who can knock down shots, especially three-pointers, and we kind of need that, especially if we're playing in this new offense where it's like, you can't hang on to the ball. There's no ISOs and you're just looking for that open guy to get that three. Um, if we don't have anybody who can make the three, that is probably pretty problematic. And I know Gary Trent last year only shot like, I don't know, like 36%, but he's going to really have to make that jump and be that guy for us. If he wants to make his money, like if Rich Paul wants to continue to take Adele on big old dates and be flexing like the big man agent that he is, like he needs his clients to all be playing at the best of their ability. And that includes Gary Trent. Like he's got to make those shots and he's got to, that's yeah. It's pretty important for Toronto uh, to make three pointers this season, yeah. I think to win any games. I first of all, love that you're coming in with the Rich Paul scoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's guts. You didn't, you know, I didn't expect it. I should have. Shame on me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're coming in with the Rich Paul uh, info. So I'm very into that. Um, yeah, I, I I brought up the numbers and I was a little bit surprised by them. So uh, last year or, you know, sorry, this is as a Raptor. So, it, you know, it's not just last year, but uh, uh, off the bench, um, Gary shot uh, 38 percent from three and 43% from the field. And obviously, you know, this numbers were smaller and uh, as a starter, he shot 41% from the field and 30 was, well, yeah, not much of a three point difference, but 37.3 versus 38.4. Mm. So, you know, a percentage difference. So he actually has been more efficient uh, as when it comes to shooting from the bench. Um, but yeah, before I go to you, Aiden, I think what's interesting to me here is, you know, with all this talk of like selfishness, it seems like there's, there's two ways for the Raptors to go here. One, which is sort of saying like, this is an unselfish team. That's a selfish comment, you know, enjoy coming from the bench, prove it. The other, I think is to say, are we going to give players some agency here? Um, and do we think that, you know, do we think Gary is best suited uh, as a starter? Um, and, and I do, you know, thinking about, pa you know, Pascal and Scotty, I, I want them to, to have OG and Gary to whip the ball to versus, you know, OG and Dennis. But yeah, just sort of contradicting myself. Are we going to land ourselves in a situation without Dennis where we can't bring up the ball? Like, yeah. are there are, are there yeah. going to be scenarios where Scotty cannot dribble the ball up the court? Or I think Pascal kind of can. But I mean, if he gets pressed, like, is that how we want to use Pascal? Like, tr like you know, burning whatever seven minutes or seven minutes, seven seconds off the clock. Uh, anyways, this is totally meandering. 
But uh, Aiden, where are you at with uh, sort of everything that's been said and, and Gary bench versus starter? No, I mean, that's a really good point. Like I'm, I'm of the same mind that I think ball handling in the starting position is just as important. Like having someone like Dennis who can orchestrate the offense, although they want to try Scotty at that, but yeah, I'm not so sure he can do that 48 minutes a game or whatever. But I, I think like there's a misnomer here that being a starter somehow lends yourself to getting paid more. You know, like I think the 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 NBA is much smarter than that now. We know that just like there's a lot of token starters out there that are just there to fill a spot more than they are the top five player yeah. on the team, right? And the platitude of it's not who starts, it's who finishes. And I think if Gary proves it's first of all. I have a feeling Darko is going to change up starting lineups depending on matchups, which I also think any good coach should do. And so Gary may start some games. He may not. But if Gary's playing well, he's going to be those final six, seven minutes in the fourth quarter. And that's what matters. Um, but as far as a contract year, like why wouldn't you want to come off the bench? There's zero scoring coming off of our bench other than him. He will have the greenest of green lights compared to everybody else. And he will get his shots up in spades. And so I think if you're looking at this from his perspective, yeah, he wants to be a starter because it looks good. And I don't blame him. I'd want to start too. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I don't think it's going to hurt his free agency prospects anymore. In fact, it could hurt him more starting just because he's then kind of pushed into this role as a spot up weak side shooter or a third offensive option or fourth possibly versus being the primary or secondary coming off the bench. So I, last year I advocated for him coming off the bench this year. I think it's the same thing. Balance our roster a little bit, balance the scoring and the shooting as best we can. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's really, that's a really sort of key point about the, the, the misnomer because like, I mean, yeah, I would, I don't know if there's like a graph for that, but I feel like, uh, it is one of those things that's just said, uh, you know, I'll put my hand up. as like uh, having said that and also heard that so many times and it's like not something I necessarily question. And it, it does make sense when you think about like NBA front offices and scouts, they're not going to be like, oh, he started, you know, yeah. 50 games and he came off the bench 20. That's a $10 million difference yeah, exactly. for me. But <laughs> like, I, I think that's, that's a bit like, yeah, it's a bit reductive, um, but uh, you know, I've sort of I, I think for 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 Gary, anyways. Like, I, I just I really try to get into you know the like a, where a player is coming from, and I think you know your journey of being behind McCollum and Lillard and coming to Toronto and thinking like, okay, this is like I'm I'm the two here, I'm the starting two. Um, and I think it matters more to, to to certain players, and it can affect them. Although, you know, based on the, the stats, I think Gary has has been professional. So, uh, in in that sense, I don't know how much it will affect him. But I also feel like Dennis is a guy who I I don't think you know. I think if he's if he's not starting, I think he's really quite okay with that. Um, but again. That doesn't matter. Maybe. It's kind of ironic too, right? Because when he was in Atlanta, he was behind Jeff Teague, I think. And he was squawking about not being the starter. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you see this maybe so it's a young guy thing. Totally. You see it so often with these young guys. They obviously want to get paid. Like I totally get it. Although 
Gary just opted in for what, 30 million or something? It's not like, or how Gary, much? It was uh, 17. He opted 17. in. Okay, sorry. 17. But, you know, it's not like they're hurting, <laughs> but I get that they want to get paid on their next contract. But it is interesting to see that over time, players come to understand that they have a role to play and or where they are, whether it's starting or bench, doesn't necessarily affect their, like, you know, their volume stats and things like that. So. It is, yeah, it is ironic that Dennis doesn't really care anymore once upon a time he was in Gary's position. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been through the NBA ringer, right? He was uh, the guy, then he went to OKC, major injury, um, you know, uh, played for, for the Lakers, where obviously he's not going to be the guy. He turned down that 70 mil contract. Do you remember that? I oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild. Um, but then he had a crazy FIBA. So like now he's back, right? Yeah. Like he's he's looking like an absolute dog and he's he's our starting point guard. So yeah, let's uh, let's hop on that dentist train. Yeah. Uh I mean, he's fast. Oh my god. Just a little aside. The like just it's I, I can't remember the last time the Raptors have had a really because you know, as much as I love Lowry, who who's like sneakily athletic in some ways and like you know, really strong and uh, that sort of thing. He he wasn't just like a speedster, right? And then before that, it's Jose Calderon, who is absolutely, I think, maybe a fast decision maker. Uh, uh, <laughs> or his claps were fast when he was trying to, like, stop someone from hitting a shot. But uh, I don't know. You, may, you maybe have to go all the way back to TJ Ford to think about uh, uh, having a really, really fast point guard. Although TJ Ford was, I think, way faster than... Uh, Dennis, but um, yeah, any more any more thoughts on Gary before we move on? Sick, uh, Gary, if you're listening, we summed it up. So please digest what we said and um, take that into account. Stay tuned after the break for more Confederacy of Dunks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, okay, Maddie. Um, I'm assuming at this point you have uh, an AI um, Gary Trent voice, um, or perhaps you're going to come on screen. You're going to look like Gary Trent. I don't know uh, how deep into the AI bag we're going, but please give me your. I'm not even going to say weird anymore. Give me your most um, like uncanny valley AI NBA sting. Thanks, Freddie. I'll I'll take it from here. Um, for anyone still listening, these goofballs are going to talk some NBA. Honk, honk, honk. Hey, not as you know, not as there was some. There was some like he started to do. The rusty mess eye. 
Yeah, that's right, Freddy. Mass Eye. Oh, sorry, that was Weird Al. Oh, that was, that was actually Weird Al? Yeah. I was like, who's that? Um, is that Daniel Radcliffe doing a, a, a Weird Al? Like, what's going on here? Fuck. Um, okay, Matt, um, you've outdone yourself. And please, come on in. I don't know what you're going to look like. Maybe you've got to, like, a, maybe you've changed your look as well. Is that Adam Silver? That was Adam Silver, right? That, yeah, that was Adam Silver. Yeah. Okay. And I'll he's say that doing his own was, honks. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, uh, it's a deep cut for the fans. We say Adam Silver honk honk, but he actually, he said it himself this time. Uh, although, yeah, I'll say that Adam Silver not as Uncanny Valley as Masai. Yeah. Like his, his voice went a little bit Daft Punk in the beginning. Right. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. hear the yeah, did, the software loading. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's talking. Yeah. Yeah. You, you Maybe that's a, a good bit, thing. You yeah, went a little yeah. bit discovery on us, you know? <laughs> okay. Um, but hey, man, I could see, I honestly, I could see him being in Daft Punk. <laughs> if Adam Silver was Banksy and uh, one of the Daft Punk guys, I'm really that surprised. Um, okay. Uh, Maddie, going to start, uh, start you first with the silly segment. Um, yeah. I love, I love this shit. So, uh, we all know about James Harden, uh, He's, he's already forced his way out of a location before. Uh, this guy's willing to do some stuff. He hosted a giant, like, club party that had um, uh, um, Daryl Morey is a liar signs. People were holding up <laughs> Daryl Morey is a liar signs. Uh, and, yeah, he's trying to force his way out of town. Um we probably remember it's come, you know, a bunch of years ago now, but uh, you have the famous Jimmy Butler incident where he showed up to uh, Minnesota and, and like, I guess planned to have a stunt style performance where he was ridiculous in practice and he played with the B squad and had a, you know, Rachel Doris interview. Uh, and it was all very contrived, but it was, you know, very fun too. Um, anyways, James Harden, apparently was going to do some type of stunt uh, in the Sixers uh, facility to, to, yeah, to force his way out of town. So it didn't happen. Maybe it still will. That got me thinking if, if you are a player, you're trying to force your way out of town and you have to, you have to make a scene. What's your approach? How are you doing it? Matt, kick us off. Okay, I had a couple ideas for this, and I think this would be great for James to do as well. Sure. You know, you've got all this money. You're a rich guy. You've got a lot of resources. You could audition someone. You could find a doppelganger, someone that yeah. you could, like, good. Good start. very closely model what you look like and go in and be <laughs> playing with the Sixers, yeah, like but clearly not a professional athlete. So, yeah, it could be 5'10". <laughs> Be, could be a small guy, but just like absolutely terrible. And at the very same time, go and be at all the games of the team that you want to be traded to. So like you're just there behind the bench, watching mm. the games, engaging in all the scrums and stuff like that. Well, this weird version of yourself is playing with Embiid. You know, like that, I think that would be a message for them. Also, let's just keep it simple. Let's glue that beard down to the, the center of the court. Okay, Game oh, one. So this is a separate idea. <laughs> I want like those. Yeah, this one's okay. a little separate. But okay. the, like the protest. So he's removed his beard. Like he's not. 
He's, oh, not, yeah. he's not lying on the court. <laughs> he's removed it. Yeah. Okay. He's removed it. It's intact. And he puts it right on the center court. Because I know I, you're not supposed to be standing on the logo too much unless you're playing. So if he glues that, if he's defacing the logo, then that's yeah. also going to send a message. And also shows that he owns this team. His beard is on the logo. So that's what I would do. I'd have to grow my beard a little bit longer to, to pull that off because he's got a really full one. But... You know, just just use use your resources, use your money, and and really toy with with Daryl Morey and get out of this bad marriage. Uh, I love it. There was a really complex idea, and then there's just a basic <laughs> beard glue idea. Um, so take your pick, listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But this, this is what I'm after. This is good stuff. Uh, Aiden, what is your? How are you forcing your way out of town? Well, unfortunately. Mine was a little bit derivative of Matt's, which was... Whoa, that, we got a double beard glue? Well, you know, I was actually thinking that he should bring in an entire practice squad of James Harden's. Wow. And okay, this is... No, this is good. Yeah, just flood flood the practice facility with Harden's. Nice. And it's kind of like a Where's Waldo effect, right? Like, you don't know where the real James Harden is. And so you have Nick Nurse just kind of like crouching, like kind of staring at all of these James Hardens trying to figure out who he was. <laughs> what a nightmare. And then the other idea was I think maybe James Harden should like, – like, the thing about – I like practice as kind of like this mythology of NBA, right? Like you have MJ punching Steve Kerr and mm-hmm. like you said, the Jimmy incident and – um, I, I'm missing another one, but but practice kind of has this oh Draymond. pool getting punched exactly. So I was thinking, you know, whatever stunt he has to pull, it has to be in the practice facility because it it'll there will be a lot of um, presumption and no one really mm-hmm. knows what went on, right? Maybe there's some grainy footage. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, like kind of bigfoot footage. But anyway, so I was thinking kind of of the same lines, like. James Harden actually runs his own practice <laughs> within the practice. So he brings in a squad and he has, and they're all wearing Philly jerseys, right? So you have, <laughs> yeah. you can make caricatures of each player, right? Like you have PJ Tucker is like a, I don't know, 500 pound, 80 year old or whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And really a lot of actors too. This is yeah. good for the SAG strike. It's yeah. great. It's great. Yeah, help yeah. some people out. Send messages passively by who they're portrayed as in this like <laughs> fake practice. Um, that's incredible. I, as soon as you said a bunch of James Harden's, I was just picturing like Slim Shady MTV Awards. Um, <laughs> like when, when Slim comes in and there's all the little Slims. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. um, you know, do you know Doink from WWF? Oh, do oh, yeah. I know Doink? And then I his, know Doink, And then okay? Dink. Dink and Dink Doink. was his, yeah, so that kind of thing too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. This is, this is perfect. This is what I want guys. Uh, Anthony, um, any dinks, any doinks, where you at? Wow. I mean, shout out to, uh, the shout out to dink and doink, uh, <laughs> beloved clown, WWE, WWF superstars. Um, I, um, decided to take an approach, uh, that may not be, uh, the most kind, but mm. I'm going to uh, target one person in the organization. That would be, of course, uh, James Harden's current head coach, Nick Nurse. Uh, oh, okay. I have two nefarious schemes that will uh, hopefully get under the skin of Mr. Nick Nurse himself. Mm. I am uh, using my infinite wealth as James Harden to throw a R. Kells release party in Philadelphia for their new album, 
laundry pile. <laughs> and I am going to invite all of Nick Nurse's family and friends and all of the 76ers organization, the whole team. And then I, James Harden, am going to get on stage and play all of the songs from Laundry Pile in the place of Nick Nurse. But I don't think James Harden knows how to play the guitar. Uh, and he's just going to shred the guitar embarrassingly, making Nick Nurse's ears bleed, uh, calling him a guitar boy. Uh, <laughs> guitar really, boy. What an insult. Yeah, and yeah. really antagonizing him, you know, um, uh, until Nick Nurse can uh, no longer show his face uh, unless uh, there is an immediate trade in place <laughs> to get rid of James Harden. Another uh, <laughs> harebrained scheme I have is hiring Yannick Bisson and Helene Joy from CBC's Murdoch Mysteries to wow. camp out in Nick Nurse's office. And when Nick comes in, James Harden dressed as Nick Nurse's janitor character in the cameo episode of Murdoch Mysteries, where he makes a really uh, great effort to act. Uh, James just... <laughs> he just does all of the lines uh, that Nick Nurse says in that episode over and over again uh, and locks the door <laughs> of Nick Nurse's office until Nick calls Daryl Morey and forces a trade uh, and James goes out. <laughs> there okay, you go. This, this is incredible stuff. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast for, uh, for Murdoch Mysteries references... <laughs> I uh, hope you're happy. In the right uh, place. Also, yeah, really, really targeting one person. I like the, <laughs> I like the focus here. Um, in and the I, episode of Murdoch yeah. Mysteries, Freddie, I don't know if you've seen this clip. I'm I'm sure you have. You're a you're a, you're a fu you're a fun guy that supports Canadian content. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but Nick Nurse says to Murdoch, he says, "Oh, your son's team doesn't have a name." And Murdoch says, "Oh no, I, I no, it doesn't." And he says, it needs to be something fierce. And then he, he grabs this like sweat rag and he's like playing with it because he's probably nervous being on camera. And he says, mm -hmm. it needs to be something fierce. How about Raptors? And then the scene changes. <laughs> oh, and it's God. like some of the worst shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you're one of the casting people uh, for Murdoch and you're listening to this, uh, no disrespect. Yeah. Um, to the writers. Uh, I will say I was on hold for a guy that falls down a well and dies. Wish I got it. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly would have nailed it. Um, but I, I well, trust me, I would have screamed. And um <laughs> yeah, I, I thought maybe you'd throw. He was in that uh, that Jason. Pre uh, he was, did a thing with Jason Priestley, right? Um, oh, there's some kind of golf thing. Anyways, you're really going after uh, Nick Nurse's bag here. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. um, I mean, I can't see him not storming that Arkells concert and smashing a guitar <laughs> over uh, James's head. So, yep, yep. great stuff. Uh, okay, mine is like it's less of a. Mine's just sort of a chaos move. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Dink and Doink because mine is wrestling. Uh, you know, also tapping into to, to Maddie here. We're going into James's uh, his bank here. Like nice. he 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 wants to make a statement. It's going to be a financial one. Um, you're going to hire the one, the only um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, so I want Steve Austin straight up like kicking down the doors. Uh, and if if he has to give people a stunner. Then he gives people a stunner. 
obviously you have plants. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Aiden was doing the double beer chug. Uh, by the way, one of my favorite parts about the double beer chug, he'd always catch the beers, open them, and smash them together before drinking them, which was just <laughs> a very messy move. And it was always amazing. Stone Cold's the best. I think he would understand the assignment. Um, I also don't think any security is coming at him because they're about to get stunnered if they do. And um, if, even if you tell him, you know, just like you don't have to say anything, he could just yell things about Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be about Durham. <laughs> just make it about you. You're stone cold. It's all good. <laughs> so just just re- basically release stone cold is what I'm saying. Release him into the Sixers facility. <laughs> and uh, what happens, happens. Like, I, again, I don't think anyone's coming at him. Probably the players are go- trying to get his autograph. Like, uh, What do you think stone cold's cost is on Cameo? It's probably... It's a lot. I, I think James would have to pay him like two, three million dollars to do this. Oh, yeah. Like just like, hey, you know, you could get arrested. Like a lot of stuff is going to happen here. Um, you know, this is going to be. But I mean, again, Stone Cold cops try to arrest him. Stunnered. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't think anyone's coming close to that guy. Uh <laughs> They're probably going to be riding like a four wheeler around the 100%. practice facility, doing dirt <laughs> jumps, um, yeah. and just uh, every time you ask him a question, like, uh, the, "Sir, do you have a security clearance to be here?" He just be like, "What? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, the, yeah exactly." <laughs> and he'll flip. He'll just flip Daryl Morey off for no he reason, will. like, and then give him a stunner. Oh God, I love that guy. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, this was this was great. Thank you all for your your great contributions. Um, we're gonna finish off here uh, with a, with a serious question, but um, not really. Uh, okay, I I love analytics. I should say that I you know I love the analytics movement. I think there are you know uh, I think anyone that loves analytics would say there are certain shortcomings in basketball. Uh, you know, it's really sort of hard to break down individual plays, even on offense. And I think defense is this sort of nebulous thing. Uh, it's a very eye of the beholder reputation. There's a lot of things that go into being a good defensive player, a good defensive unit, you know. Uh, so all those sort of kind of take those pieces as you will. But the NBA is releasing their top 100 defenders, you know, projecting into this year, which I think is a very fun exercise and a way to give good defensive players some love and fans, you know, particularly if you're a fan that is sort of fixated on fantasy basketball, you know, it's half of the game, right? So I think the, you know, defense obviously matters a lot. And yeah, so there's a list. There's not a top 10 yet, but there's 100 to 11. And I'm going to start with you, Anthony. Who on this list jumps out to you as being too high or too low? Maybe, you know, if we have several, let's just go back and forth. So, you know, g- give me one person who jumps out to you for any reason. Okay. Well, this might just be uh, common sense, but why is Victor Wembanyama number 29? He hasn't played a regular season game of basketball yet. Like, what are we doing here? Are we just assuming that based off of like the what three preseason games that they've played too, uh, that he is going to be a like a top 
30 defenders. That's crazy. Like, yeah, okay, sure. He's a absolute freak. He can make blocks. He could cover so much space. But like, if you have him at 30 and you have Chet at what, uh, 63, like, mm -hmm. what is your basis <laughs> of evaluation here when, the, when these guys have only played uh, a mere couple of uh, games uh, just in their NBA uniforms uh, and not even like with the players going full speed at them being like oh this is the number one pick let me like cook this guy like I just don't really see that being a fair assessment to put somebody who is a rookie that high on the list I, I have the exact same note and I'll add to that Jonathan Isaac is 32 and when that dude was healthy he was like an absolute nightmare as a defender but he has not played in two years He's been on more like Fox news shows than he's mm. played NBA games. I think he's been uh, defensive, but he hasn't been a defender. Yeah. Hey. So I'm putting him at 32 is absolutely ludicrous. We don't even know if he's going to play this year. Uh, yeah, I think all, all those points are fair. Um, you know, I think that I, I project Wembenyama as a really, really good defender. I think he's going to be special on that end. I think he's going to be special pretty quick, but, you know, projecting forward, it does seem like almost unfair and unnecessary to sort of project them that high, particularly when they're taking other guys spots. Like, you know, uh, it's almost like you could just leave rookies off the list and yeah, players that have been injured uh, a, a long time is really good. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Dylan Brooks. So uh, he made, he was all, t all second team last year. And he's ranked 35 on this list. So how he went from a top 10 defender uh, who's still in, you know, very young to 35th, I think is, is to me speaks to reputational stuff. That's absolutely not fair. So um, yeah, maybe they're just sort of like, yeah, he's on Houston. He has no help, but I don't think that's, that's good. Like that's, that doesn't seem very logical to me. So well, look at, look at the names. 10 above him or 10 below him none of they all have one or zero defensive all defense votes he is 54 like he's just yeah, so yeah. clearly not in the right echelon at all yeah yeah exactly um anthony uh who else you got if you only had uh, one, that's fine too, by the way. I, I also just had, well, I had uh some points of contention like Fred Van Vliet is above Lou Dort and I was like what? what are you talking about? Did you guys watch any Raptors games last year? Holy shit. Like, Fred is getting burned all the time. And Lou Dort is, maybe I'm just uh, biased as a Lou Dort fan, but I, and the Dort chamber, but <laughs> I, I just found that ludicrous. Uh, yeah, I, I always feel like Fred was sort of underrated as a defender because of the Raptors sort of like the way we play. And, you know, I think it was a good like help defender. But I mean, yeah, I saw him get blown by quite a bit. He's not like, you know, he's not a very fast guy. And I yeah, Dort, I all agree with you. I think Dort, you know, definitely. I don't know where Dort is, but I would have met, you know, I feel like he should be higher. Like he. Yeah, he's at 51. Um, yeah, I'll I'll. I'll no, no objections here. What, what about you, Aiden? You got anybody else? Well, I, I want to preface this, but and you mentioned like this is projecting forward, but it's kind of hard to do that without looking backwards, right? Like 
Like you can only project right. these guys so much. And and I, I will give Stephen No, who is the author of this, a, a break. It's hard to evaluate defense because it's also, are we talking about on-ball defender, off-ball defender? Are we talking about guys who dominate in their position alone or who are versatile across positions? Because that's mm-hmm. another element here. And, and with that note, we got Hayward Highsmith, Xavier Tillman and Chris Dunn at 49, 46, and 44, respectively. And who guys who probably average tops 15 minutes a night, maybe not even. And then you got someone like Pascal Siakam at 59, who plays 38 minutes a game, can effectively guard one through five, two to four well, and one through five fine enough. Um, or Davion Mitchell, who's at 72, whose literal nickname is Off Night. Like, he is renowned as a shutdown defender and I think plays more minutes than those other guys. So I there's just a lot of incongruency going on with this list. That I mean, And I get also that it's easy to pick apart someone else's list and lists are lists, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, just, I'm having trouble following the line of logic on a lot of these guys. I totally agree with you on, on on many accounts. I feel like, you know, the lists are for debating sake. And if I had to make this list, I'm sure it would be a lot worse. Um, but the, the minutes thing is key. You know, I really yeah. think that that's, that's not, um, that's, that's a really good point, right? If you're out there playing, you know, if you're leading the league in minutes, your, your defense is probably going to have just naturally more of an impact than someone who's, who's and it's against know. starters, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just a completely different context. Um, I'll do what we should wrap up here, but I'll do my, my last guy. I, uh, who, who it's, it's weird. I think a lot of Celtics get a lot of love defensively, but every time I ever watched the Celtics, there was one guy that totally stood out to me as just an exceptional defender. Um, and he's ranked fairly high, but I feel like, hey, if you're, if you're, you know, this is the game here. I'm not sure why Robert Williams the third is 28th. Uh, every time I watch that guy play basketball, uh, he's someone that you just see players. They're constantly trying to find where he is in the court. Nobody wants to drive on him. He's strong. He can like he block shots. He intimidates. Like he is just an absolutely nasty defender. Um, so he he was a guy who I sort of thought like. You know, yeah, again, maybe it's like he's playing for Portland or something, and that's the projection, but uh, I didn't really get it. Can I shout out one guy? 23rd is Dennis Smith Jr. And I think, like, we can we can argue about how insanely high that is, but, I, but it is <clears throat> incredible and a testament to how players can find their way in this league. Like, that guy was a, supposed to be a Donovan Mitchell type coming out of the draft yeah. from Dallas. He basically fell out of the league for a hot second there when he got traded for Przingis. And he's kind of found his footing again as a as a defensively minded um, point guard. Same with Chris Dunn, same kind of story. And it, it's cool to see that, that like if guys are humble enough and just dig into one specific skill set, they can still stick around in the league. Yeah, well said. Um, Anthony, any, any more guys before we uh, jump off here? Uh, I don't think so, but yeah, just to echo that point to kind of circle back, like that is finding your role and accepting that you have to be a part of a team. Like you're not just looking out for your own money or your, your fame or whatever. That's coming back to that Gary Trent point where it's like, just be happy that you are a part of an organization that cares about what you do. 
and try your best to fit into the new mindset and the new game plan because you could be out of the league before you even know it, but you could also just find yourself in an organization in a place where you can actually flourish as a player and be a pro that has a relatively long career. So shout out to Dennis Smith Jr. And ironically, it's going to get him paid more than he otherwise would have, right? Probably. Totally. You know, it's a, it's, it's valuable for someone to be able to find their inner PJ Tucker before sort of like traveling the world. Right. And sort of getting like a chance to come back into the NBA, get that money to buy those big hats, to buy those sneakers, PJ. Um, Cool. Well, uh, Maddie, we're going to get you to come in. We're going to wrap up. Uh, We're excited for this new season. So thanks so much, everybody. Um, I'm sure we'll do some plugs at the end, but let me just say before, before we do that, um, you know, subscribe to Raptors Republic. There's just, there's, there's new podcast content coming. There's so much written content. Um, make sure you follow these two guests, uh, online and, um, give them some love. Uh, we try to have the best guests here possible and, um, you know, we're all artists. We're all sort of grinding. We're all basketball people. So, uh, help us out, give us some love and, um, let me go to you first. Uh, Anthony, I love your Siakam shirt. Holy shit. Um, what, um, what, what do you got going on? What do you want to tell people? All right. Wow. Okay. So uh, what do I have going on? Um, some of the podcasts that I'm working on right now on, are on hiatus. They're in their off season. Uh, but I have started doing a color commentary for a uh, independent wrestling promotion here in Toronto uh, hmm. by the name of Greek Town. And Greek Town has a show October 21st at the Eastminster United Church featuring Santana from AEW. Holy uh, shit. It's also the finals of the Greek Town Cup. Uh, I will be... Uh, doing color commentary alongside uh, Second City uh, alumni Nugnar Gang. Uh, if you can't be at the show uh, in Toronto October 21st, you can watch us uh, live on the internet on Fight TV. Uh, and also, I'm doing some sketch comedy. I had a big show this weekend with my sketch comedy team, $20 Sandwich. We are doing uh, TikTok content and Instagram reels because we want people to like us and come to our shows. So you can follow us at $20 Sandwich on Instagram and TikTok. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know about the wrestling thing. That's incredible. Um, I'd, 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 love to, I'd love to see that, man. That'd be amazing. Um, uh, Aiden, what's up? What do you want to tell people about? Not much going on. You can follow me on Twitter at Aiden Moss. Uh, I share NBA thoughts once in a blue moon and I'm writing for Raptors Republic again. Do subscribe. Like they are one of the few places, local kind of sites that pay their writers well to write whatever they want to write. We have a lot of up and coming talent, so you can read my stuff there as well as a lot of other good writers. Amazing. Um, Maddie, what's up? Give, give people our, uh, our spiel here. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Welcome to Season 11 of the Confederacy of Dunks. We are back to weekly, so if you could please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher if you're watching this on YouTube, that would be great. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, give us a comment. Freddie always tries to get in there and respond when he can. Um, And yeah, we've actually got an event coming up with Raptors Republic, the season opener on the 25th of October, 7 o'clock at Three Brewers in Toronto. That's 275 Young Street. If you are a uh, paywall subscriber, it's free. 
If you are not a subscriber, it's $15. There's contests. There'll be prizes and giveaways. So you should come and uh, meet some of the people at Raptors Republic. I think I'm going to try and get there. And I think Freddie might as well. We haven't talked about it, but I'm sure we will. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, come check it out. Come check it out at Three Brewers. And yeah, we will see you next week. And thank you so much for listening. Amazing. Uh, Matt, you, you hit it all. Um, the way you said Young Street was wonderful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to a good season. Matt, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.